Hello, sweet one. Today, I want to continue on with Eve's Diary by Mark Twain. And then I want to compare it to Adam's to see how they measure up. Last week, you may remember that Eve felt so alone and wanted companionship. And then she saw a man, Adam. Today, let's continue on. Sunday. It is up there yet, resting apparently, but that is not a subterfuge. Sunday isn't the day of rest. Saturday is appointed for that. It looks to me like a creature that is more interested in resting than it is of anything else. It would tire me to rest so much. It tires me just to sit around and watch the tree. I wonder what it's for. I never see it do anything. They returned the moon last night, and I was so happy. I think it is very honest to them. It slid down and fell off again, but it was not distressed. There is no need to worry when one has that kind of neighbors. They will fetch it back. I wish I could do something to show my appreciation. I would like to send them some stars, for we have more than we could use. I mean, I, not we, for I can see that the reptile cares nothing for such things. It has low taste and is not kind. When I went there yesterday afternoon, it crept down and was trying to catch the little speckled fishes that play in the pool, and I had to clot it to make it go up the tree again and let them alone. I wonder if that is what it is for. Hasn't it any heart? Hasn't it any compassion for those little creatures? Can it be that it was designed and manufactured for such ungentle work? It has a look of it. One of the clods took it back at the ear, and it used language. It gave me a thrill, for it was the first time I'd ever heard speech, except for my own. I do not understand the words, but they seemed expressive. When I found it could talk, I felt a great new interest in it, for I love to talk. I talk all day, and in my sleep too. And I am very interesting. But if I had another to talk to, I could be twice as interesting, and would never stop if desired. If this reptile is a man, it isn't it it, is it? That wouldn't be grammatical, would it? I think... It would be a he. I think so. In that case, one would parse it thus. Nominative he. I would consider it a man and call it he until it turns out to be something else. This will be the handler that has so many uncertainties. Next week, Sunday. All the week, I tagged around after him and I tried to get acquainted. I had to do the talking because he's shy, but I didn't mind. He seemed pleased to have me around, and I used the sociable we a great deal because it seemed to flatter him to be included. Wednesday. We are getting along very well indeed now and getting better and better acquainted. He does not try to avoid me anymore, which is a good sign, and shows that he likes to have me with him. That pleases me, 
and I study to be useful to him in every way that I can, so as to increase his regard. During the last day or two, I had taken all the work of naming things off in his hands, and this has been a great relief to him, for he had no gift in that line, and is evidently very grateful. He can't think of a rational name to save him, but I do not let him see that I am aware of his defect. Whenever a new creature comes along, I name it before he has time to expose himself by an awkward silence. In this way, I have saved him many embarrassments. I have no defect like this. The minute I set eyes on an animal, I know what it is. I don't have to reflect a moment. The name comes right to me instantly, just as if it was an inspiration, as no doubt it is, for I am sure it wasn't in me half of the time before. I seem to know just by the shape of the creature and by the way it acts what animal it is. When the dodo came along, he thought it was a wildcat. I saw it in his eye, but I saved him, and I was careful not to do it in a way that could hurt his pride. I just spoke up, in a quiet, natural way, a pleasing surprise, and not as if I were dreaming of conveying information, and I said, Well, I do declare that there isn't the dodo, without seeming to be explaining it, and although I thought maybe he was a little piqued that I knew the creature when he didn't, it was quite evident that he admired me. How a little thing can make us happy when we feel that we have earned it. Thursday. My first sorrow. Yesterday he avoided me and seemed to wish I would not talk to him. I could not believe it. And thought there was some mistake for I loved to be with him and loved to hear him talk. And so how could it be that he could feel unkind toward me when I had done nothing? But at last it seemed true. So I went away, and I sat lonely in the place where I first saw him in the morning. In the morning that we were made, and I did not know what he was, and was indifferent about him. But now it was a mournful place, and every little thing spoke of him, and my heart was very sore. I did not know why very clearly, for it was a new feeling. I had not experienced it before and it was all a mystery, and I could not make it out. But when night came, I could not bear the lonesomeness, and went to the new shelter which he had built to ask him what I had done that was wrong and how I could mend it. But he put me out in the rain, and it was my first sorrow. And now, let's see how Adam viewed things during the same time period. We... Where did I get that word? The new creature uses it. Tuesday. Been examining the great waterfall. It is the finest thing on the estate, I think. The new creature calls it Niagara Falls. Why? I am not sure that I know. Says it looks like Niagara Falls. This is not a reason. It is just mere waywardness and imbecility. I get no chance to name anything myself. The new creature names everything that comes along 
before I can get in a protest. And always the same pretext is offered. It looks like the thing. There's a dodo, for instance. Says the moment one looks at it, it looks like a dodo. It will have to keep that name, no doubt. It worries me to fret about it, and it does no good anyway. Dodo. It looks no more like a dodo than I do. Wednesday. Built a shelter against the rain, but could not have it to myself in peace. The new creature intruded. When I tried to put it out, it shed water out of the holes it looks with and wiped it away with the back of its paws and made a noise such as some of the other animals make when they're in distress. I wish it would not talk. It is always talking. That sounds like a cheap fling at the poor creature, a slur, but I do not mean it so. I have never heard the human voice before, and any new and strange sound intruding itself here upon the solemn hush of these daydreaming solitudes offends my ears and seems a false note. And this new sound is so close to me. It is right at my shoulder, right at my ear, first on one side and then on the other. And I am only used to sounds that are more or less distant from me. It is interesting to compare the two. And yes, I know they're written by a man, both versions of the diary. But it's interesting that even in the 1800s, Mark Twain was aware of how differently people think, not just by gender, but by experience. And until next time, good night.